a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. This week on The Million Dollar Plan, we, we hit some concepts we've never hit on this show before. Something called a backdoor Roth. Uh, we, we've got a small pension that's frozen. And we've got no kids, four dogs, and a cat, and two people. And one of those people joins us now. Her name's Mabel. Hello, Mabel. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Are you are you nervous? Are you jittery? Are you good? I'm totally excited. You know, uh, I keep a little jar of jitter glitter. So if you're jittery and you've got the jitters, I can sprinkle some glitter. But that'd be weird. So let's not do that. Okay. Sorry. I, I have a son who just started kindergarten, and the teacher gave them all packets of glitter to sprinkle on themselves if they get nervous. And I'm thinking, that's cute. Uh, but there's glitter all over my son. You know what I mean? Yeah, it could be very messy. I don't know. I, I... Anyway, so uh, Mabel, what are we doing today? You're, you're 48 years old. Am I making up this age? You're 48? I just had a birthday. Oh, congratulations. I've gotten you enlightenment. Um, what, what, <laughs> what's your situation? Like, who's working? How many people? What, like, what are we trying to solve today? Okay, so uh, it's my husband and I. Okay. And we have no children. Okay. And we have several dogs. We have four <laughs> dogs and a cat. Okay. And we live in the Southwest. And we have, I think, some pretty good things going on. And we're just trying to figure out what's the next step in our financial plan. So if you think of your financial trajectory, let's start here. Your trajectory, the last 10 years of your financial life. Are you on an upswing? Are you on a downswing? Have you p- been plateaued for a while? Like, where are you at? We're on an upswing. And what, sure. what caused that? Well, uh, when we first, my husband and I have been together for 10 years, and we got married eight years ago. Okay. And when we first got married, we, it was uh, my first experience with combining households and things like that. Sure. Uh, I had a house. He had a house. And uh, it was 2008, and we both bought our homes in 2005. And in in 2008, they weren't worth what we paid for them. And so we were in an uh, unusual situation. Um, You know, should we sell these houses? Should we live in one, not the other? And so uh, the natural thing for us to do would have been to live in my 2005 built 3-2 house. Okay. Uh, 1,600 or so square feet. Got it. And be comfortable and then maybe rent or sell his house, which was built in 1926. It was 2-1 with 870 square feet. Okay. And so we were sitting there for a while thinking on this because that just seemed like the logical thing to do. And then one day I said to him, I go, you know, the easier house to rent would be the newer house. Yeah. Uh, the 1926 house needs needs some things, and we can't do those things right now. So why don't we go live in this house we've never spent any significant amount of time in together, and let's just live there. 
And he said, are you crazy? And I said, no, I think this will actually work. So that's what we did. We moved into the small house. And now and, uh, several years later, did it work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did because we stayed there for seven or so years and we paid it off. Holy, and, okay, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of factors led to that, but um, yeah, we stayed there for quite some time and made it work. So do you still live there? No, we moved into a larger home nearly two years ago, and we now rent that house out. Okay, so you rented the small house out. Did you keep the other house? Yes, we did. It is rented as well. So you are a real estate mogul of the Southwest. Yeah, oh gosh, I is... guess. I'm on my way. I love this. Okay, so this is a good thing. Uh, any major bumps, financial bumps along the way in the last 10 years, other than real estate, which can be a bump and when the real estate market uh, explodes? Uh, no major issues other than uh, the past couple of years uh, or the past, since we since we got to this newer house mm-hmm. built in the 50s, <laughs> 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 well, we... We've had some issues come up. Um, I wanted to replenish our savings, so we spent some time doing that. And uh, we had an, uh, about $20,000 in repairs in the rental house that we had to take care of. Uh, wow. At the, yeah, earlier this year, at the end of last year, earlier this year. We had uh, a $5,000 tree expense here. Ew. Uh you know, and we're looking forward to having a similar expense coming up with trees again. And so those are our, our major issues. And we just, the way we handle things is we just pay as we go. Sure. You know, so. Okay. So, so you're, I would, I would say so far so good. I, I like your financial situation. It seems stable. What we're going to try to figure out now is are you on a path to a successful outcome in, in the long term? Does that make sense? Yes. So do you think you are? Let, let's start there. Do you think right now your current plan works for the long term? Um, right now, I think we're doing everything we can to be successful. However, I we need to focus on our next steps. Okay. And making sure everything is secure and going in the right direction. I think we've we've been pretty good so far. I just want to look ahead and make sure we're set up. You've got short-term stability. Uh, you got uh, let's Nicole. Let's take a look at the numbers here. She's got sixty some thousand dollars in your savings for emergencies and and midterm emergencies. So I would consider that stable. Would you agree with that, Mabel? Yeah. Did you like how I rhymed stable? And Mabel, how I was able <laughs> to do that? Yes, that was very good. I'm pleased with myself right now. I wish I were so quick. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It took years of study to be able to rhyme. Uh, and so someday you, you may have the time. To, oh, my gosh. Nicole, are you getting this? This is like a rap album in here. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, so one rental property you own outright. The other one has $90,000 left on it. And you've got a 30-year mortgage. How far into that 30-year mortgage? Is it from 2008? Do you, so you have 21 years left? Um, it's from 2011. We refinanced. Are you cash flow positive on that rental? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So your income you showed us, Nicole, go back a screen if you would. The income you showed us is $221,000 a year of household income with a net monthly of 12500 Did you include um, cash flow positive rent in that 12500 number? No. Okay, so how much is in addition to that 12500 Um, Another 1500 okay, or so. Okay, cool. And, and what does it do? Does it go to like a rental property fund? Uh, right now, any extra money we have, we like to do things one at a time. Okay. And so any extra money I have right now, or we have right now, is going towards, um, well, I just bought a car. So nice. we're taking any extra money and, and siphoning, it, siphoning it in that direction. Can I guess what kind of car? Sure. Okay, first of all, what, what do you do for a living? I work in IT. Okay. Okay. That's a powerful, powerful tool. Uh, hmm. Where did you go to? Oh, I don't want to say where you went to college. I don't want to ask that question because I, I don't want to identify you too much. I'm going to go with a Subaru. No. Mm-mm. My close. Mm, maybe. Beamer. No. <laughs> Prius. No. Close, very close. I did get a hybrid. Okay, Toyota Camry hybrid. I got uh, a Kia Nero. I've never even heard not of many that. People, yeah, not many people have heard of that, but it's a small SUV oh. and it gets fifty miles to the gallon. Holy cow! Okay, um, yeah. so there that backfired. I didn't know what you drove. Okay, so um, <laughs> so you're both working right now. Yes. So the big questions here are, are you on path to a successful outcome? Let's look at your million dollar day based on what you're doing right now. Uh, you've got 336000 or something like that set aside in long-term savings. And you're putting 553 a month towards uh, your husband's 401k. Is that right? Yeah. So I've got your uh, million dollar day at July 12th of 2029. July 12th of 2029, and at age 67, of your age 60s. By the way, how old is your husband? He's 51. Okay. So your age 67, um, if you keep doing exactly what you're doing now with nothing additional and, and, and excluding real estate, you'll have $1.83 million at age 67, which will produce a, an, a monthly income after tax of about $4,200. But in today's dollars, because of inflation, it'll feel like twenty six hundred dollars. Um, does that are those numbers seem reasonable uh, from a did, did I miss any major assets or, or deposits on a regular basis that are happening right now? No, actually, you have it, and that sounds pretty good considering that we're not contributing as much as we should be. Right. Uh, so this right is now. like a big, big crux of our conversation here. Of like, yeah. Are the I'm jumping all. Over. I have not had enough coffee today, so when I get between not enough and too much, it's my mind doesn't work. I don't know if you're, you've got a caffeine. That's okay. Problem. We got a lot going on. So. So. Yeah. Are the rental properties part of your retirement plan? Yes. Okay. And once your cash, I mean, so uh, what's, the, what's the rent payment on the one you still owe money on? 1600 What's the rent payment on the one that's free and clear? 
Okay, so we're going to call it 3000 bucks, okay? And you're going to have some property taxes and insurance costs, but you've got $3,000 a month of income between the two. But it's only going to go up over time unless I don't see the rent, rental market you know, hitting the skids consistently over the next 19 years. So if you add that $3,000 a month to, and we'll just call it 3000 now without inflating rent, to the $4,200, you are at $7,200 a, a month in income. Uh, plus, Social Security for two working people will probably be another 4000 total. You're talking about $11,000, which is going to feel like about $6,000 in today's numbers. So how does that sit with you? $6,000, all homes are out, owned outright. Um, how does that, how's that feel and sound to you? Well, that's about what we live on now. So, I mean, I, or we can, sure. you know, if we're careful. Um, and we're pretty careful. So, yeah, that sounds, that sounds okay. So, I, I'm not... I'd like it to know, be bigger. Me too. But... I'm with yeah. you. Like, I'm right now, as we go through this, I'm a little nervous because... That's a doable situation, but honestly, it, with someone with your income and, and what the decisions you've made, all good decisions, I don't want doable in retirement. I want great, you know? Yeah, yeah. So the, the question becomes, how much money a month are you willing to dedicate towards your financial priorities? And then what period of time are we trying to make easier? Are we trying to make now easier? Are we trying to make 10 years from now easier for some godforsaken reason? I have no idea why you would want to make 10 years from now easier. Or are you trying to make retirement easier? Do you, do you know what period of time it's important for you to make easier? Um, I want to make retirement easier. Uh, our goal, my, my husband's 51 and a very young and energetic 51. <laughs> I'm an old 39, if it matters. I'm an old 39. <laughs> We're both pretty young. As a matter of yeah. fact, when I hear you talk, I more identify with your your life than <laughs> than being 10 years older than sure, you. Sure, no, that's all right. It, okay, and it, trust me, it won't feel any different once you get here. <laughs> good, um, good. I like that. <laughs> but he would like to leave his company at 55 because he will get uh, full medical at that time and do something else okay. with his time. Maybe downsize his job, maybe go across to another job, but eventually just kind of wind that career down at that workplace. He's been there almost 30 years. Okay, so I like this. So, so He's 51 and that's ideally at 55 that's happening? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we mm-hmm. got to take a little bit of a different approach here, if that's okay. Um, okay. Of the Nicole, go back to the income screen, if you would. Sorry, I just boss people around. That's what I do, Mabel. Uh, Two hundred twenty-one thousand dollars of household income. How much of that is his income versus your income? His is sixty-seven. And yours is the remainder. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is his take-home pay of the sixty-seven thousand? Um, 1770 every two weeks. Okay. So we're replacing, oh, oh. yeah, yeah, that's right. We're replacing $3,500 a month of income for him for four years from now. That's what we're trying to do. He's not retiring, but he's got to find something 
that allows your retirement plan to be successful, that still serves sort of his intellect and what he wants to do, but brings in something around there, if not less, as long as you guys increase your retirement savings now and over the next four years. Did, did I describe that accurately or am I missing something? No, that sounds accurate. How much a month do you think you could do something with right now? How, how much do you, could you set aside for uh, longer term financial priorities as opposed to house projects? Well, probably three or $4,000. A month? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm pulling things up as we talk here. Oh, by the way, um, you talked about how he's got health care for life upon um, stepping away at 55. Is that for you too or just him? You know, I'm not clear on that. Um, I don't think it includes me. The tough part about that is you're younger, right? And so um, you're going to need answers on that because when you think of retirement age, I'm sure that coverage takes hold until 65 for him, but you would only be 62. So you would need some coverage during that three years. And that could be a pretty expensive three years. Okay. But let's, let's look at some possible changes here. If you added another thousand dollars a month towards your retirement plan, instead of having 1.8 million in retirement, you'd have 2.3 million in retirement. Uh, and instead of having $2,600 available of income at age 67 to today's dollars, you'd have $3,400. So that's $1,000 more a month right now. I don't want to call it a no-brainer because I don't like that phrase. But that definitely takes us a little bit further, don't you think? Yeah. I think the question is how much of 3000 If you have $3,000 a month to work with, I don't know if it makes sense to throw all of it at retirement that that seems a little overblown but i think we need to throw at least a thousand could you commit to that oh easily yeah i i've been struggling with what to do next and um because we have some surplus and uh we have some things to take care of at this house and you know we still want to live our lives and, and enjoy ourselves some but we're we tend to be kind of frugal and we don't have lots of expenses how much do you own your um, house that you live in now? How much do you owe? 247. And your payments like 2200 a month or something like that. Nicole pulled that up. 20, yeah, 2100. Yeah. The 30-year mortgage. Do you plan on staying there or are you going to buy a house that was born built in the 70s next? I know you just like to chunk up a few. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think we'll stay here. Okay. Uh, this house, you know, it's funny after living in a small house and living in a house over double the size, we found we just don't need all this space. Um, and it's a really, I, I, I don't see us staying in the state that we live in either. So uh, eventually I, I anticipate we would sell this house. Can, can I put words in your mouth for a second? Mm-hmm. I think you want flexibility. Is that true? I want to be able to do what I want when I want to do it, yeah. Okay, I'll call that flexibility, for lack of a better <laughs> definition. Um, I think right now your situation, the way it sets up, does not provide you flexibility. I think when you have $3,000 a month of cash flow that's sort of unassigned, that you're, you're employing that flexibility now 
which is taking away the flexibility of the near and far future. Do you know what I mean by that? No, not really. I mean, because we're not trying to use the money that we have extra right now. Um, we're trying to find a place to put it. No, no, I understand. I know that's why you're yeah. on the program today. Is, and I'm not beating you up for that either. What, what I'm saying, though, is, and you know that I'm just restating what you wrote in an email to us. You are not leveraging opportunity properly in order to provide the future you want as of right today. Correct. Okay. So you also, you can't contribute to, you're in IT, but you cannot contribute to a 401k. Is that correct? Uh, I am a contractor. Okay. And yeah, I don't have that right now. Would that change any time in the future or do you think there's no, no, pardon me, no reason that it would change? Uh, I don't anticipate it's going to change. So one of the questions you asked about was something called uh, colloquially, I can't say that word, so I shouldn't try, uh, backdoor Roth IRAs. And the concept is uh, you guys earn too much money to contribute to Roth IRAs. You're above the income bracket. But what you could do is um, contribute to traditional IRAs and then after the fact convert those traditional IRAs into Roth IRAs, which would then mean you just pay tax in the year of the conversion. Um, and each person based on age can, you can put 5,500 into your Roth or tr back to Roth and your husband could put away 6,500 into his. I mean, so you could easily take that thousand dollars a month and set up two traditional IRAs and then go through a conversion ladder into backdoor Roths. And I think that's a reasonable strategy. Do you understand it well enough, um, to do that? Or, or are there questions you have surrounding it? Um, I understand it well enough to do it. It's just that I don't have confidence in the person that we've been using in oh. the past. And mm. so I'm not sure that we're invested the way we should be. And so I'm a little bit hesitant to go back uh, to that person. That's I want to know uh, what my other options are. That's uncomfortable, right? Well, I guess. Yeah, um, What's we that? haven't spoken for a while. So. Is that where the lack of confidence exists, is in the lack of communication? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. You know, do you, who does your taxes? Do you do them or uh, does someone else do them? We have a CPA. I think you start that conversation of a backdoor Roth with them. Okay. Uh, I mean, you don't even need to have the conversation with your financial advisor. Beyond that, you can do a backdoor Roth with any financial or um, institution. I mean, you could do Vanguard online. You could do a Betterment account. I mean, you could do it yourself and fund it with index funds, which I know you asked about in your email, which is a pretty inexpensive, diverse way to, to do it. Um, would you be comfortable doing that? Or is there still something missing? Do you feel like you need that one-on-one -on -one guidance? No, I think I could do it myself. Um, you know, I, I've read up a little bit on index funds and where to allocate them, etc. Yeah, beyond that, I think if we look at that $3,000 a month, we're saying, well, what's the best use? Okay, so let's commit 1000 to sort of the backdoor Roth mentality. Then you've got the other 2000 I think arguably your husband could probably crank up his contributions a little bit. They're a little bit light right now. 
um, and then I let's say he cranks it up by 500 a month, and then I think because again you're trying to wean, he's making 3,400 dollars a month of income right now, which if you think about it, based on your income and what you spend, and you have a 3,000 dollar surplus, arguably you don't even need his income, right? No, no. I mean, we do have a $3,000 surplus we're willing to part with. We probably have a little more than that, actually. So, right. yeah. So this is interesting. To me, by, by um, to the penny almost, using up this surplus, it allows him major flexibility at 55 because the longer it feels like you need his $3,400, the harder it is going to be from him, uh, for him to choose something appropriate at age 55. So then it becomes, well, what do you do with the other $1,500 or $2,000? You got some choices, right? You could um, escalate paying down uh, some of your debt, either on a rental property or on your own home. You could build up uh, your emergency fund a little more, although I think $60,000 is pretty solid right now. Or do you still have some projects that you're trying to check off your list over the next couple of years? Um. I would like to see us put more in retirement, pay down the the second rental. I'd like to see it paid off, actually. Sure. Um, I like having paid for stuff. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> and then also put some of it towards projects around here uh, to make it a little more valuable for when we do sell it. Is your health insurance through your husband right now, or do you have health insurance on your own? I have it through him. And does he have a traditional plan or a high-deductible health insurance plan with an HSA? He has a traditional. Okay. Which means you're not... I mean, I know one of your questions to us in email was, what's up with HSAs? Well, you can't contribute to one because his plan, from what you've said... Uh, doesn't give you that option. You either are in the traditional plan or you choose the high deductible plan if it's an option and then throw uh, money towards your health savings account. I assume he has open enrollment coming up. Does he have that choice? Is that a choice he has? Uh, I think so. It's a health thing. Like for me, if all you've ever been on traditional, it's just a little bit of a culture shock. But what you're doing is you're going to pay a little less premium for health coverage. It'll be cheaper but then you'll, you can use the HSA as a tax shelter and make contribution to that. And that's money that you'll always have. You deduct it off your taxes and it can go towards medical care, which could make some sense if neither of you have major medical expenses right now. Okay. Are you, are, do either of you have any expenses right now for medical or not really? No, not really. I mean, uh, he's, he's on monthly medication. He has a condition and... You know, he's, he's, he's in good shape, but he, has, he goes to the doctor regularly. So. I, I would say this. You wouldn't want to switch to an HSA until you know what the cost, because you're going to have to pay for that medicine out of the HSA, right? Okay. So I would not switch to an HSA until you knew how much that medicine would cost you every month. Um, okay. Because the plan is now it's either free or you've got some like $20 copay or something right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tough. So, but before considering, uh, consider that, uh, consider the cost of the drugs. Um, what else am I missing? Am I anything else? Uh, I, your financial life is really, really, really stable right now. But like you, I want to take that stability and create flexibility down the road. Yeah. 
I'm looking forward to that. And it's and not, also you know, we have to uh, go we ahead. also have to think about uh, you know my my job my income may not always be what it is, and I may not always be with my agency, mm-hmm. and so that's one of the uh, why we have a lot in our savings and you know just in the event that something were to happen and I found myself without work uh, we'd be prepared so uh, let's address that from a slightly different perspective here so far we've talked about flexibility we've talked about having a lot of money in retirement by by building up some of these accounts but I think when you look at job flexibility, your husband transitioning at 55, you not being with the agency you're currently with, uh, maybe sometime in the future, then we're talking about not needing money, right? That's different than having a lot of money. What I'm saying is by paying off the rental, by paying off your mortgage, you've eliminated obligations that you're able to take a lesser position from an income standpoint and still survive. I think too often, people live so high on the hog. I don't know if they say that in the Southwest. Uh, so high on the hog <laughs> that they, they yeah. can't take a lesser paying job. And, and that's not what I want for you. I want you to be able to, to comfortably take a lesser paying job. Yeah, that's what we want too. Do both of you work for the government too? I feel like everyone on our program works for the Do you work for, both of you work for government agencies? No. <laughs> you no. said agency. Do you? Okay, that's a yes. All right, so um, any, <laughs> everyone on our show, I have a lot of border patrol no, people. No, not even close. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what? Uh, any other questions you have? Um, no, I think I think you've pretty much covered it. I just it, it sounds like we're thinking similarly mm-hmm. as far as putting some more into retirement, putting some more into paying down houses, and putting some into home projects. Yeah, here's the thing. If you are as young as you say you are, which I believe you, that's not as condescending as it sounds, um, you don't want to tie up all your assets in post-59 and a half vehicles, right? right. So that, that is to no. say, that's, that's why paying, using this surplus of 3000 to partially pay down your debts is a more effective tool because that means you don't need money from 55 to 59. Whereas if you just loaded everything in qualified vehicles, you're just going to sit and stare at each other until you turn 59 and a half and then life will get easier. <laughs> okay, good. We were, then we're thinking alike because that's been a concern of mine. It's like, well, we can't go anywhere. Right. What's the point? 59 and a half. Yeah. So isn't it better to take what might be a lower paying investment, yeah. you know, put it into the property, the second property, and and see what happens. Um, then with this house, we're also thinking of, you know, eventually selling it and then going on to our next adventure. Uh, a house built you know, in the probably, 1970s. Yeah, right. I know how it works. Yeah. Well, I think what we're going to do is we'll probably try and buy uh, a multifamily property and live in part of it and continue on the real estate path. It's smart. I mean, it's passive income. And once you, once you understand it and once you're comfortable with the pain in the neck it can be sometimes, then you're, then you're good to go. I'm a reluctant landlord who is still angry at myself for putting myself in this situation, but I deal with it and I won't get any more rental properties. But Is your wife reluctant? She's reluctant that she married me. Um, in terms of... <laughs> 
I, no, I, I deal with the rental. We have different duties, right? I deal with the rental. She deals with the bills. I deal with insurance and investing. You know, we have just different, we have different jobs at our house. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, my husband's a little bit reluctant. Yeah. Um, and I'm the one that's all, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so when something goes wrong, I always tell him, I go, hey, listen, how long did it take for us to solve that problem? You right. A couple hours? Okay. Look at you. How much did we get paid for that two hours, you know, this month? It's your and optimism. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, give us an update as things develop. Uh, we just got an update today from the, the the lady who worked in pulp manufacturing is a pulp engineer who drives the Forester. I got an update from her, so we're going to update on the radio show next week. So send us updates when you can, Mabel. We, we would appreciate that. Okay. I will. All right. Good luck. Thank you, Pete. My pleasure. That's it for this week's show. If you want to be on the show, be on the show. It's pretty easy. Go to PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. We've recently, in the last week, last week we've gotten like 60... Or something, applications to be on the show. We look through every single one of them. And if we say no to you, don't feel ultimately judged. I don't know what to tell you if you said no. But we generally say yes to everybody. Uh, that's all that's in the show. You can see I have a Band-Aid on my finger. And you're probably wondering why. If you're watching on PeteThePlanner.tv. If you're listening to the podcast and I reference something physical, then you're thinking, well, what's happening? On TV, PeteThePlanner.tv, here's what happened. A bass cut my finger. It's a fishing injury, y'all. I'm out. Peace. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money life, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me E.T. Word to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations. I bring you love, trying greetings it's from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol, stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, I burn, I burn. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, 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 I